uh, today, and thank you for being here. Uh, I want to say a couple of quick things before I begin this morning. Last Sunday, uh, we asked you to take one of these neon note cards that should be there in the pew in front of you. If, it, if all of the ones in front of you have been claimed, you can look around. There's, we left some others scattered about. And uh, I want to ask you, if you did not get a chance to do this last Sunday, or if you're still thinking about it, that's okay. You have a couple of weeks, but I want to just remind you. We're asking everyone to write down their prayer for 2020. Uh, this can be a personal a prayer that's personal in nature, a prayer for our church, a prayer for our, our, com- our communities, our county, uh, a prayer for our country, something going on in the world. You know, whatever it is that's, that's on the top of your heart, uh, I want to ask you to write that down. You can write your name, but it's not necessarily important that you do that. And then what we're doing is gonna t- we're taking all of these individual prayers. We had about 85 or 6, I think, given last Sunday, which was great. We're taking all of these individual prayers, and these individual prayers are going to become our collective prayers throughout the year. So uh, at the conclusion of our worship service each Sunday, one of our elders gets up and leads the shepherd's prayer. Today, Mike Holder will be doing that, and he'll read the first two prayers uh, for this this new exercise that we're going to call the prayers of the people. So these individual prayers will become the prayers of the entire body, all of us, and so Uh, If you didn't get a chance to do that or you're still thinking about that, there's a tray at the Connections booth in the foyer that you can drop that prayer in uh, after worship or sometime maybe in the next week would be great. The other thing I want to remind you about is that last Sunday, inside your bulletin was our 2020 stewardship card, uh, and that card is, is designed, it's how we do our budget process here at Kauffman Church of Christ, and so we ask all of our members to take that card and to uh, determine what they're going to be able to give for the, this coming year. And then that, those numbers will be totaled uh, with, our, our finan- with our finance deacon, Brandon Avini, and, and, and he'll figure out what our total contributions are going to be. And then we'll take that to the deacons and ministry leaders, and that will help us set our budget for this upcoming year. Uh, if you, if you uh, remember from looking at that card, on the, there's a second line on that card that is uh, designed to, to give you a space to consider ways that you might be able to give additionally beyond your general uh, contribution. Uh, We have some ongoing things that we're wanting to continue to do to reach people with the love of Jesus. And so uh, we'll be talking more about that in the next week or so. But as you pray about your contribution, also be praying about what you might be able to give above and beyond that. Okay, that's all the commercial announcements that I have. I want to just start by just saying that uh, I am today, I I come with a, a great sense of thankfulness. I'm thankful for you, for this church. I'm thankful that we are a family. Uh, we, we use that language as we talk about church. We use that language family a lot, church family, to describe what we are and how we interact with each other. And today we're going to start a new sermon series that I'm calling Life Together that is really about that very thing, about being a, f- a family, a church family. What does that mean and what is that involved and what does it mean to be part of a Christian community even? How are we going to function and how are we going to interact with each other? And last week we, we looked at, Larry mentioned, we looked at our past year and we highlighted some things that uh, had been important in 2019 for us as a church. We rolled out a new ministry structure and saw new deacons and ministry leaders step into roles in a variety of areas. And, and one of those areas is a, a ministry that we, is, we created called our Connections Ministry. 
And you've heard maybe us mention some of that a little bit. Stuart McGregor and Robin Yeldell uh, were asked to serve as the Connections ministry leaders and have already, since this past summer, the, three of, uh, me, the two of them and I have been meeting uh, to talk and to brainstorm and dream. One of the things that the elders asked of Stuart and Robin specifically was, uh, we want as a church to begin to think about a small group ministry for this church family. Um, and, and so Robin and Stuart have been working since last summer on really what I think is one of our bigger initiatives that we've tasked our deacons and ministry leaders with, uh, of really relaunching a small group ministry at Kaufman Church of Christ. And so the thing about Kaufman Church of Christ and small groups is this, that we've been around long enough as a church you know, some churches start small groups for the first time. We've been around long enough, and this church was sort of on the front end of the idea of small groups when churches started doing that years and years ago that we've, we've now, the history of Kaufman Church of Christ, we've done small groups and then kind of see them fade a little bit, and then we relaunched them again and kind of see them fade a little bit. And so I don't know if this is the third or fourth, but I know it's probably at least the third or fourth time that we've kind of relaunched this effort to have an organized small group ministry. And, uh, and so part, in, in part, I want to mention that because we're now back at that stage where we're relaunching small groups again. And, uh, and so I want to talk a little bit about that in this series, but we're also going to talk about some other things, and I'll get to that in a second. But the first thing I want to answer, the question I want to answer is, why small groups? And I think the answer to that is, is honestly pretty simple. It's because we believe like you, that connecting on a deeper level with one another is not only vital, it's not only important, but it's vital for spiritual growth. If spiritual growth is going to happen in your life, it will be necessary that you are connecting with other Christians on a deeper level than wherever it is that you're connecting now. Wherever you are may be a great place to be, but to go deeper with the Lord, there is, there's a process that I think is, is necessary for that to happen. And that's the primary reason we were talking about small groups. How do we make our church that is big enough in size that it's impossible to know everyone well? How do we make that, create an atmosphere and a situation where each of us can grow in a deeper way? And so small groups are an attempt to make a big church smaller. And by doing that, hopefully, we will help make it easier for people to connect relationally to God and to each other. That's, that's it. That's the, that's the reason we're talking about it. That's the reason we want to see it happen here. We think that this is one of the best ways to grow your relationship with Jesus and your relationship and connection to the larger body of Kaufman Church of Christ. Because through our, though our Sunday morning gatherings here can be a great blessing, worship could be amazing. I know the preaching is unbelievable every Sunday. Uh, though, the, thank you, Amen. <laughs> Though that's the case, right, when you come and you gather, if this is the extent of your connection with this body, I just want to say as honestly as I can, there can be more for you than this. Though this is a great blessing, there is more to life together than just coming on Sunday morning for worship. Uh, Robin Yeldell has a, a phrase that uh, Robin and Caitlin made it back from dropping Noah at Lubbock Christian, so I was looking for him. He has a phrase that I, I've adopted as my own, that there should be a rule that you're only allowed to look at the backs of people's heads once a week, right? 
this is great, and you're looking at the backs of people's heads. This is, that's what this is, right? They're, we're coming to gather for worship, and something special and unique and powerful happens as we gather as an entire body, but there is something more that God desires for us than just here in this gathering once a week. And so, life together, what is this series about? And I want to just talk quickly about two, really two purposes that I have for this series, though God may have more than these two. The first one is, that is, is just what I've said, that to help us as we try to launch small groups again here at KCOC. And over the next several weeks, sort of scattered throughout the sermons and probably in some other announcements and some emails, uh, some announcements in the bulletin, you'll be hearing about opportunities to sign up for a group. Uh, maybe you feel led to form a group. Uh, we've, we've talked to some people, Robin and Stuart have talked to some, many of you about doing that, but there may be people who thought, you thought, I, you know, I, I'd, like, I'd be interested in doing that. And if you haven't had a conversation with one of them, you can do that. Uh, you may want to form a group yourself. And so if you have questions or thoughts or ideas, I encourage you to talk to Robin or Stuart or myself. Uh, and there's going to be a training for people who want to lead a group, be, so you'll be prepared, sign-ups for people who will be interested in being a part of one. So I want to publicly thank Stuart and Robin because they have done a lot of work. We've met on a lot of evenings uh, in restaurants and coffee shops over the last several months to talk and dream and brainstorm and think, and, and they have done an incredible amount of work. And so that's really the first purpose for this series, is to think about helping us do that as a church and launching these groups. And we'll be doing that during this, this eight-week series that we're going to be in. And my second purpose is really beyond small groups, because what we're going to be talking about is that, life together. What does it mean to be a community of faith, to be a body that is committed to following Jesus? This series, I think, will help us think about what it means to be a more connected body, a body that is for one another, a body that is for our neighbors, that is for the world, all for the sake of Christ and making his name known in any way that we can. So today we're going to kick this series off thinking about the high value of relationships. This is the value that we see in Scripture. And then we're going to follow in the following weeks this series, spend some time, some time looking at some practical ways that we live life together as a family, as a church family. So I want to, with that rather long introduction, I want to pray um, and then we'll continue. Father, we thank you that as we've just sung a moment ago that you are, you are rich in love and that you're slow to anger. We, can't, we come to today, God, to gather and to proclaim that your name is great and your heart is kind and that we see and sense that in our lives and our hearts as we know the Spirit is at work among us and in us, God. And we pray for this church and the year that we've had and the year that we will have and we pray for the things that you'll do here among us that we all desire, I know that we all desire to grow in some way in relationship with you and relationship with one another. And so I pray now that we will lean into that, that we'll have the courage to step into whatever it is that you're calling us into as individuals, as a body, that our life together will be for us a gift, the gift that you intend it to be, that we will, we will value highly this this body, this church, this gathering, these people, and that our relationships with one another and with you will grow in unique and special ways in this upcoming year. Father, we're thankful for Christ, for he is the reason that we gather, 
and the reason that we are here, and we pray in His name. And the church said, Amen. So there are some things in life that just go better together. A couple of those things I just wanna, that I just want to throw out to you, salt and pepper are two things that I think about that go better together. S'mores. If you have the supplies for s'mores, but you're missing any one of these key ingredients, you can't have marshmallow and chocolate without the graham cracker outside sandwiching those things together in the middle. These things are better together. You can have a hamburger, but if you don't have fries, just something doesn't taste right about the hamburger, right? You can have a donut, or you can have coffee. You can have one of these things. I I don't really like donuts by themselves. I drink my coffee black, and there's something about the sweetness of the donut and the black bitter coffee that is a perfect combination, and that is good to stay away from as well. If you go to a Mexican food restaurant and they drop chips in front of your table, in front of you, and you, they did not put salsa down next to the chips, you would think something is not right here right? There is something that would be better with these chips because chips and salsa go better together. And people are the same way. People go better with other people. This is how it was designed from the beginning of time. Back in Genesis, at the beginning of the Bible, God creates the world and in the world he creates humans. And as God creates, he provides the perfect atmosphere for relationship with the greatest of his creations, humans, Adam and Eve. But as many of you know, not long into the story, sin enters the world and Adam and Eve are banished from the Garden of Eden. Relationship with God gets off to a rough start. Adam and Eve have children. Two of their sons, Cain and Abel, One of their sons, Cain, gets angry with his brother Abel and attacks and kills him. So now, not only have Adam and Eve been banished from the garden and relationship with God is off to a rough start, now it turns out that relationships with other humans are off to a rough start. And that is where the Bible begins, church. Right from the beginning, relationship with God and our fellow humans are in need of repair. And in many ways, I really believe that the rest of the Bible is this long and winding story. It's an intentional story that God has a purpose and a point. As you heard me say before, I don't think Jesus wasn't plan B. It was always going to be that way. But it's this long and winding story of God continuing to pursue people. Reconciling people back to God. That's what happened in Christ is that People were reconciled back to God and reconciled back to one another. This is why it matters that Jesus arrives in the story when he does. He models relationships and what it looks like to be human and also to live with other humans. And then he leaves his disciples to continue the work that he started. They're not excited about him leaving, but he leaves it to them anyway and says, now you guys get after it, get to it. And after he leaves earth, the church, the community that God had imagined was established. The church is this this vehicle that God would use to change lives, to impact the world 
and to create a space for worship to take place. But also, those things are true of the church, that it is a vehicle that God would use to change lives, that it is a vehicle that God would use to impact the world, and it is a way to create a space and a gathering for worship of God to take place. But in addition to those things, the church is the place where God's Spirit would reside and do the work of drawing people back to God and back into authentic relationships with one another. There's this idea that exists in the world. Maybe you've heard it, that you can have Jesus, but not the church. A lot of people would maybe even suggest, I like Jesus and I really want a relationship with him, but I'm not so interested in the church. And the unfortunate reality is that isn't the way it works. If you want the bridegroom, Jesus, you get the bride, the church. Even if she isn't the prettiest thing you've ever seen, you get her anyway, right? And that is the way that it works. Christians were made for community. We were made for relationship with God, and we were made for community and relationship with one another. And this is the, one of the first places you see this community forming is in the book of Acts. And so this morning, we're going to look at a passage that may be familiar to some of you, Acts chapter 2. I want to invite you to turn there with me this morning to Acts chapter 2 as we read about the early church and the things that God was up to with them. Acts chapter 2, beginning in verse 42, Luke writes these words. He says of the church in the first century that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to, the, and to fellowship to the breaking of bread and to prayers. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. You can't read those few verses and not notice how often Luke talks about the fact that they were together, that there is something unique that's happening as they gather. Notice that that as these things happen, as their lives are being shared with one another, as they're sharing their possessions, as they're caring for each other, as they're devoting themselves to teaching, to the breaking of bread, and to the prayers, which is to say, what, what, what Luke's saying is, they were committed to, the, to actually gathering, to being together. The, the relationships that they shared with other people in their church mattered to them. Eugene Peterson translates verse 42 this way in his paraphrase of the Bible, the message. He says, they committed themselves to the teaching of the apostles, the life together, which sounds like a really good sermon series title, the common meal and the prayers. They committed themselves to the teaching of the apostles, the life together, the common meal and the prayers. And as these things happen, the Lord adds to their number. And we get caught up a little bit with that piece sometimes and thinking about, well, how did God add to their number and how much did God add to their number? And I think the point that we, the, we can't control that, that's the Lord's work, Luke says. What we can control is our role in the process. 
And these verses tell us two things about that. Is that first of all, they were committed relationally to one another. And that there was a method apparently to how they did church when they were together. And there were some agreements, some rules in place. They are committed to the relationship with their fellow believers. Out of, and out of that commitment grows this connection that they share with one another. So the thing is, though, that, you, that this doesn't happen easily all the time. Everyone knows that oil and water don't mix. You can have water in a, in a pitcher, a cup, and you can add oil to it, and they could sit like this for a long time, and they would not mix if you didn't do something else to these two things. And it doesn't matter how long you sit, let it sit, or if you shake it, because it's just not going to take place. They're close to each other, notice, but they are not mixed together. And I, and I share this image to get us thinking about the way that maybe sometimes we, I honestly think unintentionally, think about church and being a church family. I think this image is a good description of maybe a misunderstanding that we can have at times about church. And that is this, that there is a difference between, between being close and being connected. Like we, we could come even on a, on a Sunday and not be connected to the body. We can gather even sitting next to other people and not be connected. But as lives get shared, as stories get shared, as possessions get shared, as time gets shared, as life gets shared, we move from being different things, oil and water, to being something that is the same, the body of Christ, being, the, being connected. Just because we're in the same space, maybe to say this another way, just because we're in the same space doesn't necessarily mean that I know you or that you know me or that you know the people around you. Just because I'm next to you doesn't necessarily mean that we are actually aware of each other and what's going on in our lives. Just because we're here together doesn't always mean that we're functioning as the body of Christ. We, we, we are a more connected society technologically than at any point in history. And the research continues to come out and to show that people are more disconnected at this point in history. They're more disconnected relationally than at any point before. So our, our world, this is the world we live in, the water that we swim in every single day, that we, we are here, but we're not necessarily here. We're with people, but we may not always be with people. We may be in the same space, but not always aware, which provides, I want to just point out, it provides the church such a powerful opportunity, doesn't it? It provides the church such a powerful opportunity opportunity. We have something to offer each other, and we have something to offer the world that has the ability to fulfill the void in our lives and in the lives of people that we know and love. Because of Christ, we have a unique thing to offer the world, a unique gift to offer the world, and that is the church. And the reason that the church is a gift is not because of the people that make it up, though each one of you are amazing. The reason the church is a gift is because of God and God's work in us. This, here's how Paul says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. He says, don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple 
and that God's Spirit dwells in your midst. Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's Spirit dwells in your midst? I preached on through the book of 1 Corinthians last fall, and so I'm not going to go do a deep dive back into 1 Corinthians chapter 3, but I want to say again something that I said back when we looked at this chapter, and that is this, that Paul says that God wants a temple, but that temple is not what you think it is, that God wants to dwell on this earth, but it's not in a building, it's in his people. And I, I want you just to think about the brilliance of God on, in, in doing what he did in regard to this. The temple, for, for anyone living in, in, in the early church, right? they would have known it to be a fixed building, a structure that was in a fixed location. The temple had been built, and it was in one location, and people came from all over. That was where you experienced God most fully. That was where you went to meet with God. And people went, came from all over to make the trip to worship at the temple. But with the temple, as people, the Spirit of God, this is what, why it's brilliant, the Spirit of God is no longer bound by a physical structure. When the temple became people, Paul says, essentially what he's saying is, sacred space is now wherever Spirit-filled people are. It used to be that you had to go and encounter God and only certain people could even go into the Holy of Holies and really encounter God. And now, the, the, the unbelievable, radical, life-changing thing that, that happened in Christ is that He tore the curtain and the Spirit broke out and went into the lives of people. And so Paul says, sacred space is no longer in one place at one time, only for a certain group of people. Sacred space is wherever spirit-filled people are located, and they are located in this place, church. The Holy Spirit is what takes oil and water and bonds those things together to make a sacred space. And we live in times when people can often, really can pick and choose their community, right? But it isn't that way with a body. The thing that I love, as I've, I've said before, that I love about church, churches in general is that if you just look at any church, it's usually full, if it's not, it should be full of people who maybe outside of their commitment to being a part of a body of Christ together, they wouldn't have other, maybe any other reason to be in the same space together. And that even as we get into the same space, there are going to be times where we don't always see eye to eye on every issue. We may not all be, we may not all look the same and be wrapped in the same color of skin. We, we may have different political opinions. Even if we don't agree on every point of Scripture, the Spirit does something to make us into a body. The Spirit pleads because of Christ in you, Paul says. Something different, you are something different than you were before. You're a part of a body, the temple of the living God. And God's plan through Christ is to use this body, the temple, to impact lives. And the growth that we see in Acts chapter 2, the Lord adding to their number, is dependent upon their connectedness. Everything that grows in life has a source 
that allows it to grow. Babies grow as they're connected to their mother. Plants grow as they're connected to the soil and water and sun. People grow because they are connected to God and to each other. The gathered people of God provide a vehicle through which you can be connected to God so that growth can happen. And at the same time, what we also know is that when you cut something off, what happens is it dies, right? The source that, that gives it life, if it's disconnected from that source, it will not survive. Or life without relationships, I, I want to say as clearly and boldly as I can, a life without relationships with each other, with other believers, is not being lived to its fullest potential. Because church, if, it's not if something happens, it's when something happens. Whether it's sickness or marriage struggles or family challenges or health challenges or financial issues or legal trouble or raising kids and grandkids, every person is going through something. And if they're not yet, they will be. It's not if, it is when. And, and when the it happens, right, when the thing does happen, the thing that I want us to consider this morning is, what have we done to be proactive about it happening? And I want to suggest to you that a foolproof way of being proactive about, it, about preparing for life to happen is to be connected to the body of Christ. That's, that, that's I mean, it, it doesn't get any simpler than that. And yet it's also really hard because that means we've got to live as a community. We've got to be the body. You've got to be committed to be here and to be involved in relationships and engaging and interacting with each other, challenging each other, growing together. Community is so important. And this initiative to relaunch small groups is an, one attempt to try to recognize that, that community is so important. And at the same time, I want you to hear me say again that the things we've discussed today are true outside of any conversation about small groups, right? The body of Christ is the temple of the living God, the place where God dwells, which makes it different than any other group that you're going to gather with this week. Those groups might be amazing. They might be really meaningful, but the body of Christ is different than those groups. And it isn't bragging if it's the truth, right? The church offers something to the world that nothing else like it. it can't, no, there's no other group, no other community, no other gathering that has the same ability to offer what the church has to offer. So today we're kicking off this series, and over the next several weeks, again, we're going to be looking at several passages in the New Testament that talk about community, that talk about one another. We're going to be looking at these one, there's a lot of one another passages, and we're going to look at some of those over the next several weeks, how we can be the body of Christ for one another, because we need other people to walk this road of faith together. As a church, we're making a more concerted effort in 2020 to do our part to help create opportunities for each of us to make connection with God and with each other. And so my, my, really my request as an invitation is today, will you join us in praying for this new initiative? We're going to be forming small groups around our county. You might want to start a group. You might want to be in a group, and I would encourage you to talk to Robin or Stewart. If there's a long line of people talking to them, you can come talk to me. 
Or you may just, you may just want, you have questions. We want to talk about those and answer those. And so again, some of those will be answered over the next several weeks. But I want to just encourage you today with a reminder of the value, the high value of relationships with each other. And the unique thing that happens as we gather as the temple of the living God, where God's spirit dwells. And Jesus says that wherever two or three of us are gathered together, there he is with us. We need each other. And connection is how growth happens. This is how it has always been. Though the message the world sends may be different. Life is better always when lived together. Let's pray. Father, we're thankful again for this church family. As I started this morning, again, just with gratitude in my heart for this church and who these people are and what they mean to me personally and the ways that they have blessed my life and that I've seen them bless each other's lives as we've grown and challenged each other as we've continued to pursue your heart. And I pray again this morning for us as a body, as we think over the next several weeks about what it means to be a community, what it means to live our lives together, what it means to go beneath the surface. Though surface conversations can certainly have their benefit that, that we can move beyond the, the comfort of those, maybe even into a place of some discomfort as we think about how to grow in relationship with you and with each other. We want to love you with all of our heart, God, and we want to love our neighbors as ourselves. And we believe, Father, that this happens. We see your plan in Scripture as this happens, as churches come together to accomplish the work that you've set out for us in the places where, you've, where you have us. And we want to be salt and light. We want to be gospel carriers in this county into our neighborhoods, and our communities, in our workplaces, in our homes, God. We want to see Christ's name exalted high above every single name. And we know that we can do that in more effective and efficient ways as we link arms and hold hands and walk into this life of faith together. We pray, Father, for this church, for our not only this effort and initiative, but also whatever it is that you have for us in this coming year. We are excited about the road ahead, and we're thankful that we get to be on it together. We pray your blessing for that journey. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would stand with me this morning. We want to provide a time every Sunday for people to respond in whatever way they may need to respond. And, and certainly if you want to do that in a, in a public way, you, you're welcome to do that. And I would love to pray with you. I'll be down front. Uh, there'll be an elder in the back. It may be that you want to find somebody around you and encourage them. And, and, and uh, this is one way we do life together is that we, you may know of something going on in somebody's life that they could you know, use a hug or a, you know, an arm around their shoulder or a prayer. I would encourage you to do that. Uh, it may be that you want to find, find me or someone else after church. We would love to continue those conversations as well. Let's respond to God as we sing this next song together.